The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Today's guest is Team GB's Taekwondo Olympic silver medalist, Latelu Mohammed. And it's the final episode where I'm joined by the legend that is double Olympic champion, decathlete, Daly Thompson. Daly Thompson, six feet, one inch tall, outgoing, dedicated. The Olympic Bridgestone ambassador for the Chase Your Dream No Matter What campaign is joining the Olympic Channel podcast as a co-host. Hello, Daly. How are you? Ed, I'm, I'm doing well. And I've got to tell you, I've been really looking forward to today because I think today's guest is really a, a shining example of how to play the game. Yes, me too. We'll be speaking to Latelo in just a second. But the reason we have Daly here with us is because we're celebrating 40 years since he won his first Olympic title in Moscow in 1980. And across four episodes, we're revisiting four decades, speaking to some of the greatest Olympians from each decade to see how they chase their dream no matter what. We've spoken to Denise Lewis and Catherine Granger for the 90s and noughties, and now we're right up to date because we're speaking to the man who is leading the way in Britain's Taekwondo revolution right now in 2020. Batilo Mohammed from Walthamstow in London. Someone who's won everything in the sport. Okay, well, almost everything. He's got an Olympic bronze an Olympic silver, but he's missing out on that gold medal, although he is well on course for another dramatic Olympic campaign. And he's another Olympic Bridgestone ambassador too. Latayla Mohammed, how are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. I'm not sure, sure after that introduction, actually. But um, no, <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, it's, it's amazing to be uh, here, uh, well, virtually with you two. So I'm uh, looking forward to a great conversation. Yeah, good. No, it's and you and Daly are both from London. He's south of the river, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, Daly is obviously a legend, so we can allow him that. Uh, <laughs> I represent East London, but um, yeah, it's uh, again, it's amazing to be here. And I think your family are both they're, they're all fans of Daly, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I come from a, a massive athletics loving family, um, so uh, I was always on the TV growing up. And uh, guys like Daley Thompson, uh, Linford Christie, some of the guys I absolutely looked up to uh, growing up. Um, when uh, you're young and impressionable, when you can see someone that looks like you on the TV winning gold medals, it makes the dream uh, more real because you think, well, okay, he looks like me and he's uh, on the screen. He's doing all the commercials. That could be me one day. And, um, and uh, here we are today. So, yeah, absolutely uh, a massive fan of the double champ and uh, uh, yeah, really looking forward to this. If it was possible, I would be going red now. <laughs> no, but it's for real though, it's for real, man. It's, it's great to be on Thank the channel, the legend, man. What can I say? Anyway, Tatelo, if you liked athletics so much, how come you're not doing that? You, uh, How come you ended up doing Taekwondo? Well, Taekwondo and martial arts was just in the blood, it was in the genes. Everybody in my family is a black belt, including my mother. So um, uh, everyone in my family's got hands, so to speak. <laughs> and, and a lot of the uh, kind of fun activities growing up were based around martial arts and Taekwondo. So me and my brother would uh, 
uh, do sparring. Some of my favorite activities uh, to do after school were all involved with the martial arts. So it was just a martial arts family. Um, you know, we watched martial arts. We uh, owned a martial arts school, which is uh, in Hackney, still there to this day. We've been running uh, that since 97. So with it being the family business and everyone just having such a close affinity to it, it, was, um, it wasn't really much of a choice. But thankfully, I was just uh, in love with it. And out of all my brothers, um, you know, I had to learn to fight very, very quickly because I've got an older brother and a younger brother. And when you're in the middle, they tend to gang up on you. So <laughs> I guess I had to make sure I had to show up the skills I could. And, um, yeah, I was just always in love with it. And here we are today. So, yeah, it's always been a family affair when it comes to Taekwondo. And were you, like, always the best, you know, or did you go for a moment of not quite being the best? I, um, I definitely, um, uh, you know, went through moments of not being the best. And um, to be honest, that's you know, why I, uh, I'm here today. If, it, if everything had been uh, easy and it had just always gone my way, I might have lost motivation or, or even worse, when um, I would have taken a loss, it would have affected me maybe too much and I would have maybe fell out of love with the sport and wanted to do something else. So um, I always had to work hard. I uh, heard that you got so nervous before your first fight uh, when you were seven that you that you threw up. I just remember being very, very nervous for my first set of fights. And yes, I, I used to literally throw up. Um, uh, but weirdly enough, it was always after the fight, but I used to have like such nervous energy. I'd go on, win the fight, and I think the relief of winning, then I'd just throw up. So it was always a mess for those first couple of, uh, of seasons. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I kid you not, it became such a weird kind of ritual that my dad uh, started bringing a bucket with him ready. And, you know, I, and <laughs> the weirdest thing is, guys, I'd be winning. So I'd be winning. I'd win the gold medal this in the air. But I had to run to the bucket. And my dad would be like, yeah, well done. Just kind of, you know, don't, don't get it on the floor because they'll be mad. Because a few times I had to come with the mop because that's not very sanitary, as you can imagine. But um, I'm not sure um, why or how uh, my body used to react that way. But uh, I think it's just... Uh, funny because I can look back at it and laugh now because going into the ring nowadays, I am one of the most calm uh, people you can meet. It's just like walking into, uh, just like how anyone would walk into an office. That's how I feel stepping onto the mat. And as weird as that is, where you can go out there and you can get hurt, you can get knocked out, you can be seriously concussed. Um, I just feel very at home there and uh, perhaps those early years, I needed that kind of struggle um, to get that out of my system. I think it's because I have that personality trait where I just want to give it everything, put everything into that moment, truly live in that moment. And if it goes my way, it's amazing. And if it doesn't, it can, it can feel like a devastation, but obviously um, learn and grow and get over it. But I don't want to skip ahead. <laughs> we are one minute away from the official start of the Games of London 2012. You're selected for your country and for your the Olympics. It's such a proud moment and there's this amazing event where you go and pick up your kit. But for you, your 2012 experience wasn't quite like that. So going into the 2012 Olympics, I was relatively unknown. I had 
made a name for myself uh, on the t- in the Taekwondo world, but the outside world, I was you know virtually unknown. Aaron Cook, who uh, was the former GB number one before I came into the academy, um, had been in the academy a number of years, started to make a name for himself, but he, I guess split with the GB academy a year before the Olympics. Uh, a bad breakup by, I think, any relationship standards. So I come in after all this, so I, I, I have no relationship with Aaron, really, to be honest. I've never really known him. And uh, uh, we end up fighting uh, a few months before the games. I end up winning, and uh, I become the European champion uh, also, and I end up getting selected for the Olympics. And the story was uh, just exploded, and uh, the fact that I had been selected ahead of him uh, caused a significant uh, attention, uh, unfortunately, of the negative variety on me. Um, you know, there was massive accusations. We had hate mail. It was, it was racist. It was wild. There was, there was so much, like you wouldn't believe. So although I'm, I'm going into this this stage uh, for the first time, was kind of made to feel like the villain. Whatever happens now, I feel more mentally ready because I had to mentally toughen up and really become a man during that period um, uh, because uh, at the end of the day, I still had to go out there and perform to the best of my ability. My best performance at the time was, you know, an Olympic bronze medal. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm proud that I was able to deliver um, uh, a medal, add to the tally. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously I was very disappointed at the time, but it wasn't a gold. So in in reality, then, it, it may be true to say that actually securing the bronze medal enabled you to carry on and and get a silver and, and hopefully a, a gold next time because you kind of refocused. And, and as you look back, you understand how important the, the bronze medal is. People always say they want silver and gold. But if you can't get that, bronze is bronze is still fantastic. More than anything, I think, a feeling of relief that although it had been such turmoil going into this Olympics, at least I had accomplished um, uh, some of my goals to an extent and at least I accomplished a medal. And with time now, as the years go on, I can look back and uh, be even more proud uh, of myself, not just for performing and uh, delivering an Olympic medal, but for going through that and uh, realizing how tough times make tough people. While while you're doing all this, you're, you're living and you're growing as a person and as a and as a sportsman. And and I think sometimes it just takes a bit of time to be able to organize stuff and and understand what the stuff you've done in the past means to you in the future. If you if you know what I mean. I I am very grateful for everything that's happened in my life, but. My legacy is not as a silver man. I'm a gold man. I mean, like you said, I've won everything else, everything else. So that next year, God willing, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> it's time for Olympic Taekwondo action in Rio. The Olympic Games, the biggest opportunity of a lifetime for these fighters. It is now time for the men's gold medal contest. Latelo Mohammed. He goes against Czech Salasise. That was running through my mind when I was on the coach going to the arena 2016. There's 
I, I just couldn't get it out of my head thinking like, okay, we're here. First of all, you think that that went that was quick, <laughs> that went by quickly, and it's just you know I'm just going through my head, just thinking about how it went last time and how I wanted to go this time. Going in, I felt confident. Uh, I felt happy. This is this is the biggest moment. There's nothing bigger than an Olympic final, and in combat sports where it's just one against one, you know. Um, uh, and it is it, this. There's no greater feeling knowing that you're about to go and create a real spectacle, and you're about to be on the biggest stage, and knowing that the world's watching you. So this is the feeling of just wanting to deliver, wanting to deliver, just uh, uh, finishing off and executing the game plan uh, as best as I could. Two ahead at the moment, but uh, what a time to pull it back. Took an early lead and was in control for the majority of the match. Like I said, there was moments when he started to come back in, but, um, you know, I always seemed to have a just a comfortable enough lead. And I just remember the third round, I remember just checking the clock and I think it was about 25 seconds. Okay, cool, keep moving. And stick, stick, stick. And, you know, 20 uh, seconds turns into, you know, the 15. Then I remember something happened. I think the referee stopped it, and it was about 11 seconds to go. It's going to be decided on a headshot, is it? Oh, that was close. And then I really vividly remember the massive countdown. Tries with the reverse tunnel kick there, CC hanging on in there. The man from the Ivory Coast, can he produce a miracle? Attila Mohammed staying on the back foot. He's been strong all day. He's blocked, he's parried, he's moved. He's one second away here. I just remember the four thinking like, what's going on here? You know, what's going on? And um, uh, I think I threw a kick and somehow in that exchange, he scored and then the fight actually was over. And there is a headshot in the last second from Czech Salasisi, the reverse turning kick. The man from the Ivory Coast finds the win in the last second. What a turnaround. It's a silver medal for Great Britain's Latila Mohammed. And I saw him jump up and quickly dart in, uh, into the crowd. And honestly, guys, knowing that the fight was over, knowing that there's nothing that can be done. And I was just on the ring by myself. Even though in, I was in an arena packed with 10,000 people, I felt like I was completely alone. I've never quite felt like that before. I've never quite felt like that since, of being surrounded by a, a, a massive amount of people on the biggest stage in the world, but feeling uh, like I was the only person in there. It's almost like you're in a bit of a haze, then uh, then things kind of start to clear up a bit, and re re reality dawns on you and fully sinks in. But oh, once again, I'm gonna have to wait four years for another chance uh, to go for my dream, the the dream I've had since I was a little boy. You know, the dream that you know me and my dad used to make posters of. And I visualized that and dreamed about that for so long. And I felt like London was 
the biggest obstacle I could have had. Nothing was going to stop me. It was my destiny. Yet, in the last second, it got, at the time, it felt somewhat brutally taken away. To win him the Olympic title, he stole it. And that was incredible. So there's a video online. It's a BBC interview, I think, and uh, you are there straight after the fight, and it's called, like, the title of the video is called One of the Most Heartbreaking Interviews You'll Ever See in Sport. I mean, can you describe your emotions in that moment? It was the absolute raw feeling. I couldn't, I didn't have time to, you know, straighten myself up. I'll fix up, damn it, you know, we're, we're on TV. I didn't have time for any of that. I just had, um, so what I expressed during that interview was the absolute raw emotion of how I was feeling at that moment, which unfortunately was de devastation. And I, I want to preface that by, by saying I, I know, I understand there's, there's much bigger things going on in the world and there's, there's more important things than losing you know, a sports tournament at the end of yeah. the day. However, at that moment, when you put everything into something, and uh, you come so close and it doesn't happen, you know, you, you, to, for you in that five minutes, that is the only thing in the world to you. So, you know, for that five minutes, uh, I would say I was, I was a little selfish and just, just focused on my world and, and that's how I felt about it. Medalha de prata, representando a Grã-Bretanha, Lutelo Mohamed! Great Britain's Lutelo Mohamed, a dignified round of applause from a dignified young man. Fantastic fighter. He made it so close to the top spot on the podium. With great grace and great dignity. I remember being on the podium. And don't get me wrong. It's, it, because I've lost before, you know, the autopilot's kind of come on. And it's like, okay, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's still a silver medal and something to be proud of. And... Obviously, your mum and your dad, they say they're proud of you and you know, some of your friends text you and all that. But um, that empty feeling, it was there and it felt like I had it and it didn't happen at the time. It, it, it was sad, but guess what? The sun rose the next day. <laughs> and Absolutely. And, and do you know what, Matolo? If, well, I was just going to say that if, if you hadn't been so upset and all that kind of stuff, that would have meant that it didn't mean enough to you. Exactly. You know, you, exactly. You, you put all that work in, it's quite understandable. But what's not understandable with some people, and clearly not yourself, is that you wallow in that and let it define you. What you've done Absolutely. is... You, you've, you've taken complete charge of it and you've made it your responsibility and you've changed it around and now you're moving on to the next one, which is what you Thanks. have to do. Thank you, um, sir. I really appreciate that. And that's, that's exactly what I did do. And that's what I continue to do. Um, what you said there about taking responsibility, I think is an important message um, to, to anyone listening. Uh, even if something's not your fault, it's still your responsibility to, to, to if, if it pertains to you, to deal with it, take care yeah. of it, handle it. And ultimately, no one's going to handle it but you. <laughs> and no one's going to do it as nice as you. So it may as well be you. And yeah. I, 
that's something I really subscribe to and uh, and believe in is you know taking ownership, taking responsibility, no matter how painful it is. Because in truth, uh, as as tough as it is, it's it's always the most painful lessons, the most painful defeats, which make you better because they force you to grow and they force you to learn. But if you're going to move forward, you have to grow. You've got no choice but to grow if you move forward. Ladies and gentlemen, the Olympic medley. Senhoras e senhores, os medalhistas olímpicos. So, let's come right up to date. Still chasing that Olympic gold medal. Still chasing your dream, no matter what. And you've changed weight divisions. You're a heavyweight now. Can you explain what's behind that decision? Oh, thank you. Um, Growing up, moving up to the heavyweight division, uh, it's just been one of the best decisions I ever could have made. Uh, the last two Olympics, I was fighting at welterweight, which is under 80 kilograms. Um, and it just started, I just grew out of the weight. It uh, it's become too difficult to make the weight. You know, there's so much research now coming out about concussion uh, related yeah. to weight making. Uh, we've seen some horrific accidents and even deaths um i think uh you know wrestling uh, uh mma the ufc um uh th there's some problems there but um uh, the athletes just need to get the education and need to learn um, um uh, to do the smart things because um the thankfully i was always been a team where we had uh really really world-class guys helping us on the nutrition side of things so um that was good However, there's so many athletes across so many sports who are just draining themselves, really just like in the sauna for hours just yeah. to make a weight. And when the idea is to go out and perform, and especially in a combat sports, take blows to the head, you can, with the modern sports science that we have today, we can see how insane that really is. And I'm glad that the, uh, the information's out there because the more people get educated, the more they'll make the right decision. And the right decision for me at my age now um, um uh, was definitely to move up to the heavyweight division and one of the best des decisions I ever could have made taking the weight making element out of it has just allowed me to feel just so much fitter faster stronger and again another reason why um uh, I have to just have to look back and uh, uh think about the journey to um uh, to gold I think this is one of the last kind of key components where I, I I am truly will be going into this next um, uh, well, season uh, whenever we can get that started again, uh, feeling my absolute best. And I was dangerous before, so <laughs> it's going to be a very, very good time uh, over this uh, these next um, uh, this part of my career. So I'm 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 feeling very excited. I'm feeling I, I just feel reinvigorated, fresh and ready. It's, um, it's the same goal, but it's a new challenge within it. And uh, I, I love this new division, absolutely. And there's nothing quite like being heavyweight champion, is there? Yeah. We all want to be yeah, the heavyweight absolutely. champ. Yeah. Nobody grows up thinking, oh, man, I just want to be the light heavyweight champion of the world. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to be the heavyweight champ. So being the, uh, the idea of being the heavyweight champ is just uh, another cherry on top of what's an already uh, beautiful pie. So I just really, really want to... Um, um, win uh, this gold at this division. I feel fantastic. I'm super into flexibility, yoga, all the rest of it. Daly said he never stretches, thinks it's a waste oh. of time. 
Can you convince Daley Thompson that he should be doing a stretch? Stretching uh, is amazing. I can't. You don't stretch daily, never. No, never, never. But I don't have to. I don't have to try and kick somebody in the head. Uh, but 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 I don't have to try and pole vault over <laughs> five meters. How, how how do you jump that far with no stretching? It's the it's the poles that are flexible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Wow. Wow. I'm so, well, I, for me, um, again, just the martial arts culture is such a stretching culture. I mean, um, like you said, we're trying to kick people in the head. So you, you need flexible legs if you're going to be able to do Taekwondo effectively. Uh, so my sport just kind of requires that flexibility. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big part of my routine. I, I, I love to stretch, actually. I love to stretch. I think it's very relaxing. Um, even if I'm just watching TV or something, I'll just uh, stay there and hold a stretch and just really loosen off uh, my muscles and whatnot. I just I, I feel amazing, especially after uh, going really hard in the gym. Being able to stretch off and uh, taking half an hour while I'm watching TV is um, it's something that's helped me a lot in my career. I love uh, yoga as well. Um, I actually tried to, uh, the hot yoga. Uh, that's um uh, yeah that, that was the yoga I was a big fan of before this um happened so uh, yeah yeah um, um oh you you gotta get on that you you gotta try some hot yoga daily challenge time so uh, we talked a little bit about daily routine I got daily's routine out of him sort of um, okay I'm I'm interested yeah. to hear that well I don't want to shock you Latelo but daily sometimes doesn't brush his teeth twice a day really. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hey, well, hey, whatever works, man. <laughs> to each his own. Whatever works. So, do you brush your teeth twice a day? I absolutely do. I love my pearly whites. <laughs> Never misses a day. Do you wash your hair? No, yes, you don't. Yes, yes. No, for God's sake. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I say I do that every other day. Absolutely. Every uh, other every day. Every day. Every day. But you can't watch it every day. You, you um, um, they say that's bad. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> do you get an ice bath every day? No. No. See, see uh, look, man. Uh, uh, let's just keep it real for a second. I, I got that tropical skin, so when, when, <laughs> <laughs> when, when this hits the ice, it's, it's not pretty. Don't feel good. I, I, I gotta keep it real. So I, I'm more of the warm jacuzzi. That's that's where I'm chilling um, uh, every day. So absolutely, if you, you flip that and say warm jacuzzi, then yes, absolutely. But the ice bath when I need to. And um, the last one that I've got for you: listen to the Olympic Channel podcast. Don't even Daily. say yes. Man, come on. You already know I do. I can't wake up without it. You are yeah, my bad liar. you got to start your day with the... What's it, what's it called again? No. <laughs> Olympic Channel Podcast. You know how when you said that you was in the ring and you were surrounded by 10,000 people and yes. you've never felt, felt so alone? Yes. Well... In, in Tokyo, after the final, you go back and speak to that other guy who you've just beaten and you put your arm around him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. No, I, and I absolutely will. Yes, sir. When you, when you do achieve your, uh, 
your childhood dream. I'm going to be there. And just for you, I'm going to bring a little bucket in case you want to be sick. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, you can never say never. So <laughs> please absolutely, bring, it on. bring it on. But awesome, awesome, awesome. Nah, that, that nothing would uh, make me happier. Obviously, just kind of, I guess, slightly in reference to everything that's kind of going on in the world now, obviously, is, is um, it's not just the COVID situation. We've seen that with the Black Lives Matter, uh, people bringing attention to that. So really just to you, Daily, uh, just a massive thank you for being an inspiration to not just this young Black man, but to many young Black men, because your, I guess, your attitude, your demeanour, you you were very much your own man in, uh, I think, probably surrounded by people that wanted you to be their man or, or someone else, but you stayed true and you're your own man. And that is a massive inspiration, not just to me, but to many black men growing up to see that you can be young, you can be strapping, you can be a winner and you can be yourself. And, uh, and that, that, that was just massive. And I just really want to say that to you. And it's a massive thank you for being that inspiration for not just me, but for many of us. Listen, you're, you're very kind and, and I'm, I'm embarrassed, but thank you very much. <laughs> don't but be, I'm sure don't be. That that after you kick some ass in Tokyo, people are going to be saying exact, exactly the same to yourself. So what do you reckon, Daly? Do we have someone there capable of delivering Olympic gold? What's your assessment, coach? I don't think it's about him winning Olympic gold. I, I think, it's, a, I think it's, about, it's about the journey of it all and, and see that the man he's become. And the man he's become isn't because he's an Olympic champion. He's a lovely guy because... He's taken all his experiences and, and made them positive. The Olympic gold medal is only going to be the cherry on top of the cake. He's, al he's already a fabulous fella. Thank you very much, Daly. I really appreciate that, sir. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. Podcast. I had so much fun. Right, a massive thank you to Latelo, Daly, and to Worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner Bridgestone. Go give Latelo a follow on Instagram. He is just Latelo Mohammed. Daily is daily underscore Thompson on Twitter. I am Eddie Knowles with an I and E across all social media. And we are Olympic Channel across all social media as well. This is the last in our special little series of four episodes celebrating 40 years since Daly won his first Olympic gold in Moscow. If you have missed any, not to worry, they were all great. But as a little taster, we had Olympic champion heptathlete Denise Lewis, and she was especially amazing. To have Daly on your training track, again, it's all those little gems that you think, he's given me words of wisdom, and he's clearly believes I've got something that I could I could do it if I apply myself. To be a champion, you've got to live it and you've got to breathe it and you've got to expect your training to be better, your mental application in training to be of a standard that is befitting a champion. Remember to hit subscribe. We've got some epic stuff planned in the next few weeks and for the rest of the year. You really don't want to miss out. Go and give us a five-star review right now if you haven't already. That would be really great too, and it helps people actually discover us. That's it for now, though. Stay safe and see you very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.